The Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art, as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. Hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, we should have started recording already. Oh, man, we Chet. had such a great conversation before I started recording. Man, it would have been great. Yeah, you guys missed out. Sorry. How, so how's things in sunny New Mexico, Mike? Well, it's sunny, but it's cold. I mean, you know, it's like with the wind, it's, you know, in the 20s during the day and stuff. I mean, out of the sun, it's all right. But like it was nine degrees this morning and you were complaining about how cold it is in L.A. 66 degrees. I can't. I'm freezing. No, but, you know, you live there and you expect different things. And here you live here and you expect it to be cold. So it's not like I have anything to complain about. This is typical right. for this time of year. There is a point where you are going to be cold if you're wearing shorts. And that is the point where it's actually cold, I think. <laughs> for a Californian. For anybody. Because it's not like you It's not like you could, okay, I was jokingly complaining, but it really, it's cold in the house. Like this house doesn't have central, or the it has central heating, but the heater has asbestos uh, uh, duct work because it's an old mm-hmm. house and, and the heater part is broken. So to get it replaced, you'd have to mess with the asbestos ducts uh, which they, you'd have to have them removed and replaced so basically it's a there you know the house is freezing cold so it's probably like in the 50s in the house and in the 50s you can't really wear shorts right anybody no. would be cold in shorts in the 50s but i never i mean i can say i never wear shorts in the house during the winter ever yeah, here <laughs> it's a, it's again a, you're from california <laughs> so it makes sense i it, you it know did, you wouldn't it, you wouldn't want to suffer into not having to wear shorts like oh my god somebody's <laughs> gonna cover my calves i gotta cover I my feet I got to cover my feet. I can't weave it. <laughs> I was up when I was pulling my all nighter the other night, it was 41 degrees and that's pretty cold. Yeah. Even, even for a regular cold. person or a regular, sure, yeah. regular state that has regular yeah, weather. But no, it's, I mean, it's beautiful here. It was sunny. Actually this morning it was really cool. I got up and you could see down the valley that there was a snow drift coming in and just really lazily were these tiny little pieces of snow and it was sunny. So the sun was backlit uh-huh, and they cool. were just like floating down so slowly that it was like, I mean, you could go one, 1000 and it would like drop, you know, three inches or something. Wow. It was like, and it was just coming down almost like ash. It was really wow. cool. It's kind of sublime vision. Yeah, I love this weather. I, I mean, I'm happy it's finally cold. I hate the summer. Every summer it gets worse. Oh, yeah, no, you, you hate how warm it is. Yeah. Well, Chad and I were just going off to each other about about a half dozen different topics, and and even though it, it wouldn't have been contextually wouldn't have made much sense with this episode, it still would have been <laughs> fun to memorialize because we got well, off on a tear. It kind it kind of fits. It kind of fits because we we, we were we're just we're, we we want to talk about the struggle today, the struggle of of the art life. Um, and we did on touch struggle. on this before, but we want to talk a little bit more about it. Yeah, because uh, we we specifically lately have been feeling the struggle and you know the the art world the art life is an up and down kind of thing so you know if you are going to live the art life you're going to you're going to get the struggle for sure well i think the struggle is probably perennial just it's part of the human you know Mm -hmm. human experience right i mean you know like samsara right the the buddhists saying life is struggle you know i think that Again, but but in the art life, the difference is is that at the end of the day, you know, it's all on you. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, that's the big well, difference. Because like, 
I mean, uh, I guess for me, I'm trying if to no one's to buying. That. That's not really in your control to a degree. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it depends on what you do. Cause I'm not, I mean, I, a lot of the time don't have anything to, I don't have any items to sell. You know what right. I have, what we all have is our time and our resources, Right. you know, and I, and our resource is our time, right? I mean, you're, what you're worth is the amount of time you can sit behind a paintbrush. What I'm worth is the amount of time that I can be doing A, B, C, D, E, right. F, G, because I do a lot of different things. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You know, well, it's different. Yeah. I mean, we got on the subject because, um, uh, Mike was we were discussing about uh, a financial struggle Mike's going through right now and and we were wondering you know just the way that him and I both have a similar view about you, you know you kind of look at reality to see what it's telling you like it's speaking to you all the time and um, I was saying you know what what do you think that's what do you think the struggle is pushing you towards because it's you know a lot of times um when you're in an uncomfortable situation, it's because reality is, or God or whatever you want to say, is pushing you towards where you're supposed to be. And then Mike was mm -hmm. like, well, yeah, I just was thinking about that three days before. And um, so I don't know. You, uh, Yeah. Well, Chet, from and I, there. Chet and I kind of, you know, obviously you, we have these people in our lives that we feel comfortable and safe and trusting with to talk about our, you know, whatever's going on in our lives. And, you know, Chet has watched me go through a pretty amazing struggle for the past, I don't know, a long period of time, yeah, longer yeah. than just this Mercury retrograde. Anyway, and, <laughs> yeah, it was a you know, and, and Chet kind of jokes with me because he marvels at, at my ability kind of to maintain my equilibrium seemingly <laughs> uh, throughout the, the, you know, these things. But I had come to a similar conclusion that Chet came, came to on his own. And that's kind of how it is for he and I, we synchronize. So it's like, we'll both kind of dawn on this intuition. And I had realized that it was like, you know, this all makes sense. All the things that I was doing to make money, I'm not doing now, whether that was by my own decision or by someone else's decision. And it's been an incremental process, you know, that, you know, and it's, it's not working anymore for whatever reason, whether you're choosing for, you don't want to be involved with the same people you were working with, or because ultimately, you know, you're, it's not working anymore. Right. You know, you're not getting paid doing the work you were doing. And so you're like, you know, you could fight that and then keep trying to find ways to bat, butt your head up against that wall. Right. Well, I just got to approach it from this angle. I just got to approach it from that angle. But the reality that is quite clear and it's always true. And that's path why these cliche resistance. phrases, yeah, cliche phrases, the path of least resistance. So what is work? And then you look at that. Well, this is what's working. Well, what isn't working? Well, this isn't working. Okay, well, then I should clearly be doing this because it is and I right. should clearly not be doing that. But the thing is, is that all the fear that comes with switching your paths and you're looking this one way and you have this idea about it and then to then just choose to go a, a different path, you know, mm -hmm. there's all of this comfort you find even in the prison that you're entrapped in, you yeah. know? And so once you break out of that, there's all of this openness, but it's also that, you know, it's, it's scary because you don't know what to do. There's no blueprint. There's no, you know, uh, steps as you go. Yeah. And, and your previous plan, it was like, there was a comfort in that because you had a plan and you could go, yeah. okay, I've got a plan. And that's like a security blanket in a way. You know, and but the, the funny thing is, is you have this plan, but then even when I had that plan, it, the plan really wasn't working for the whole time I was using <laughs> that plan. So it's like you have all this agitation and you're spending all this money and all this time and energy. Ultimately, you're, you're using your energy trying to make this thing work that's really not working. So why do you why is there any fear to just step away from right, it? Right? Yeah, it's already you know, not working. Is, that's part of the thing. That's part of this this thing that we all have to deal with is right. that fear, you know, and like, well, OK, you know, and so either I, I was telling Chet this because we were bouncing it back and 
forth. And I was saying to him, well, you know, or he even asked me, well, I, I see where your struggle's pushing you. Well, for me, where is my struggle pushing me? And I was kind of bouncing that back at him, you know? Right. And, and I think, think that again for Chet, it's a different thing than it is for me, which is true for all of us. You know, we each have these, these battles that we have to go through oh, yeah. to Everybody's break, got their own break struggle. through. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, it, I, 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 as my struggles, uh, I, I've got, I got struggles. I got struggles too. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I, I wanted to, you know, bring up the stuff I struggle with a lot actually. And, and it depends on how well things are going, but you know, uh, I struggle a lot with, um, you know, not, not knowing what the right thing to do next is, you know, that's one thing that it's, it's easy when there's a lot of money coming in and, and sales are going well and everything's, you know, you've got this show lined up and your, your show sold out and this and that, then it's like, you're not thinking so much about, Oh, am I doing the right thing? Because everything's kind of working out. But then there's other times where, um, you know, you're not, I don't know financially where you want to be or, or you, you're just at a point where, where you are, are not sure. I, I don't know. I felt kind of adrift lately just because hmm. yeah, for, for a, a while now and it's, but it's like it, <clears throat> on one hand, I feel like, you know, I'm in that 1% or whatever they say that actually makes a living from their art, you know? And that's, mm -hmm. that's like an artist version of being rich. <laughs> it's just being able to survive. You right, know? right. But I mean, even within that, there are guys and girls that make you know millions selling art you know there there are people who do it and not just blue chip people people that you know like that michael goddard there's a whole bunch of people that do this kind of uh they sell in these commercial art galleries they're called commercial art galleries um and that's the that's kind of the scene that gabe shows in gabe leonard shows in mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and um if you can kind of get your game going your hustle going and you know figure that out and f find your market and cater to that crowd. You can make millions of dollars. There's these multimillionaire. If you look in that Goddard guy, you look at his work and it's like, he's, you know, there, there's, I've seen some pieces that, you know, okay, he can paint. I've seen some pieces that are like, this is, you know, this is not great work. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the, you know, the, but whatever he sells it and he's made it work. He's, he's become a multimillionaire. But, um, you know, so I'm at kind of a lull. I did, I did pretty well on my Christmas sales, you know, but again, I've got a, you know, a huge bill coming up in a, like a week. So I'm going to have to sell some stuff next week. And it's like, I, well, that's kind I, of what I, I meant by when I said it's all on you. I mean, I wasn't trying to right, say that it's just right. because people aren't buying, but it's like, if you work for a corporation, you know what I mean? You have this kind of, or, or even yeah, just for small Christmas, business, it doesn't Christmas matter. Coming up yeah, you and, know, you're going to have some vacation, you know, right. you're going to get paychecks. You can budget that stuff out when you're just trying to be like, I got to crack this nut right. and it's going to just be a new nut in however many days. Right, right, yeah, and it's, yeah, you're yeah. just working towards it. Yeah. And it's all on you. I mean, again, you're, you know, it's I'm, just on I'm, you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm lucky that I have a, a collector base to, to sell to, you know, promote right. to, which is, which is uh, a true. Well, you, you're not just lucky you've built it. I mean, again, you've put the work in and that's right. one of the things we talked about in the last episode is it's not like you just stumbled upon this amazing <laughs> fan base right. you know what yeah. I mean? the, by merit of the man that you are and the work that you've done and the time and energy you put into the people that support you, you have built it. So you're not really lucky. I wouldn't go so far as to call that luck. Yeah, but uh, you know, th this came up on Facebook the other day too, about I posted something about luck, you know, the, people who say that 
I forgot what it was. People say that, you know, it's just one of my smart ass comments that you know, blank, blanket statements that are not universally always true, but they just make for a good quote. But it was something like the people, the only people that say you believe make, in luck are the no, ones that are lucky. Yeah. The so, only people that say you make your own luck are the ones that had, <laughs> had lucky breaks or whatever. And, and it's, <laughs> but it's, you know, you're right. I have worked hard, but on the other hand, you know, the, the tool thing was, is a big part of, being able to earn a living, my associate, my association with tool. And that was sure. because I worked with Adam Jones before he had a band and I was friends with him. Right. And that's, right. that's pure luck. Now, what I did with that when I got it was, you know, I, I, I did the right thing and I saw, Oh, this is a great opportunity and a cool project. And so blah, blah. But, um, so, you know, it's a, it's a bit of both. I would say, you know, you can, you can sure, look along sure. your path, your path and you can see these were lucky breaks and how did I, you know, did I follow yeah, them yeah. or did I, but I mean, again, even when you talk about luck, it's like, you're almost, you know, cause you're a big man of synchronicity. And when you talk about luck, you start talking I'm a big man of synchronicity. You are like, you, you know, <laughs> synchronicity like is synchronicity <laughs> is one of the things that's like, you know, a guidepost along the way right. for you. You know, if you see these synchronicities, these things aligning, you know, that those are, they're, they're signals, you know? And so, you know, you're, you're into that. And when you talk about luck, you start getting into the realm of coincidence and you get into the, the realm right. of odds, you know, and all of this kind of stuff. Right. And so what I, I guess what I'm saying is, is, well, you know, that's always the argument everyone will have is, okay, well, was it lucky that you met Adam or was it this synchronicity because, right, you right. know, yeah, so yeah. on and so forth. The energy and was you typically, I know you typically lean more towards the less coincidence, more synchronicity, right, you know, yeah, yeah. but I agree with you. Nothing is all one thing. I mean, right. nothing's all luck and nothing's all work and nothing's or synchronicity, whatever. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it, that's the beauty of this. That's the game. That's the game we're all playing, this weird virtual thing, you know, where we get to be in these human suits and wander around in this weird terrestrial plane, you know, yeah, yeah. where it, that's that's the fun of it. It's like you don't know what's going to happen, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's true. I, 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 I was just, uh, just, but back to what I was saying, uh, you know, I, um, you know, I have doubts a lot, you know, I have doubts a lot and it's, but it's, pretty much my my ego you know i think it's generally my ego that, that doubts the, the the fear that creeps in and yeah. you just you know i just push through i just don't let it overtake me but i you know i have moments where you know i'm not thinking i should be further ahead or thinking i shouldn't be scrounging every month to pay bills mm -hmm. you know that's mm -hmm. that's all i want that's really all yeah. i want it's just to be have things are covered every month and i'm able to Sock some away a little bit. Yep. That's all I'm looking for. Just like well, you know, that's that's why I was telling you debt. that mantra the other day. Is like for mm -hmm. me, it's like yeah. more than enough, more than I enough. Did, I you used I, mean, I used that in, in a little. That's joys actually. Yeah. I gotta say, I, I have to say that's joys. That's joys mantra, and I adopted it and told to you. But it really is. It's it means a lot because that's the thing is that it's you know it, we all know how to do enough, right? That's what we're all doing most of the time. There are it's few and far between that you meet people that have perhaps more than enough, right. at least in our world. I mean, you and I deal yeah. with blue collar people. We're blue collar people ourselves. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, that's what we deal with. So, you know, the, the, the status quo, the dominant paradigm is enough, you know, mm -hmm. I go, got enough. I got enough. Right, you know, right. that's, you know, all, all we really want is just more than enough. Right. And it doesn't seem like it's that big a stretch. So it's a great way to kind of reprogram that dialogue and be like, you know, enough isn't enough. Yeah, I, I want yeah. more than enough. I, yeah. I don't need a lot more than enough. I just need more than enough. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I it's like I have doubts over st- the stupidest things as well. You know, like I, I think I should have. Uh, maybe I should have stayed in the film business and and done this. Like if I had a regular job right now, mm-hmm. and I was able to somehow do the other stuff, I would be you know probably rolling in it. But at this point in the game, but um, that's the thing is I couldn't. I I couldn't have done it and had a day job. No way. No way. Well, you wouldn't be here sitting here right now. Yeah, had you right. chosen. exactly. I'd be at work right now. <laughs> exactly. So that's the thing. And it's, it's just like, uh, it's, it's, it's frustrating. I get frustrated a lot, you know, because yeah, absolutely. I, and, and it's, and it's, you know, it's mostly, I think my, my state of mind when I get down about things, it's just, well, it's, and, it's hard. It's hard. It's not easy. That's the thing. It's no, just, it's always <laughs> difficult. And then you have these m- amazing little moments where you get to paint and it's like, oh, it makes it all worth it, you know? Right. But, but it is, it's a right. struggle. It's a constant struggle. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, having spent, you know, I, I worked for what I started working when I was 15 and I worked in, in, you know, with, for like corporate jobs on whatever level until I was what? in 2014, right? So right. three, three, three years ago, three and a half years ago, right. I guess now. So, oh my gosh, you know, that's like what, I mean, I'm 38. So for, for, you know, 17, 18, 19, what, 20 years or something, 15 right. to 30 is 15 and five is 20. Yeah, dude, like 23 years or something. It's just crazy to think that I did all of that. But when I think about it, it's like there was always a struggle in that for sure. And the struggle most often was an interpersonal struggle, right? Because, and, and my interpersonal struggle came back down to feeling like I wasn't doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Right, right. And that, and that I was don't, the thing that was I'm, pushing you too. Exactly. You know, yeah. And I knew, and I knew what I was supposed to be doing right. too. <laughs> So it was like, you know, but the thing is the struggle, you already know how much you're going to get each check, right? So there's no struggle there because you've accommodated that. You're like, well, this is how much I'm going to get and this is what the standard I'll live to. But then you have to deal with bosses and you have to deal with their bosses and you have to deal with coworkers and their attitudes and you have to deal with subordinates and all of this stuff, right? That's a struggle. But that kind of struggle, now having done this for three and a half years, that is that is a non-struggle compared to this right. kind of struggle. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing – and I would prefer this. Here's the other thing I'll say is I'd never go back, never in a million years, right? right? So if I wouldn't go back, it means I'm willing to take a much bigger struggle because there must be a, a bigger payoff. There has <laughs> yeah. to be. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, yeah, for we're, sure. we're creatures of habit and we're creatures that seek positive reinforcement. So why would I be doing anything if I wasn't going to get something good out of it? <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah, I, I, um, I, you said something that made me think of this, and uh, I don't remember what you said. But um, I, str- I guess what I struggle with the most is what I should be doing. Because I, because when you have, when you're, you're carving your own path and you... Um, you have many different options in front of you. Like I could do, I could paint a bunch of studies right now to make some money for next week, or I've got some resin casts I could do. To, I could paint those up. I, I could do a lot of different things to bring some money in, but um, I never, I always want, I feel like I want to be doing the right thing. I get kind of hung up on the best thing. I want to do the thing that's the right thing. And I get hung up on that. And um you know, I really, um, I, I, I think uh, this kind of overall belief that we were talking about before we started recording and this overall um, kind of confidence you need to have 
to move move on your own path is uh knowing that as long as you're putting an effort out there that's enough you know as long as you're trying that's enough and that's that should be that's your you know your best should be enough and and yeah like yeah the best you can is yeah. good enough that's why i always quote radio <laughs> it's such a great line the best you can is good enough it's it's just that some it's so much who uh that god there's that uh documentary on wayne white um it's a great uh, documentary. Yeah, beauty is embarrassing. It's so good. God, it's so so good. good. Yeah, watch and, it. Yeah, and he, he that was kickstarted too. By the way, go kickstarted. Yeah, right, right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one thing he says at one point. He's he's you know working his painting out and he's drawing it and you know laying it out and he's like, this is the ditch digging part of art. He's like, art is ninety percent dick. Uh, dick ditch. <laughs> it's ninety percent ditch digging, and so it's and it's so true because. You know, most of the time we're sitting here in a studio by by yourself, digging a ditch. You know, yeah. and so it's it's hard to to just to be digging ditches. Well, and then there's my <laughs> lifestyle where I'm in my office digging these digging these these you know uh, figurative ditches, and then I actually go yeah, out right. of my property and, and I dig- actually have to dig <laughs> real ditches. Yeah. I'm taking it from both ends. Yeah. <laughs> What yeah. can you do, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I mean, we choose our paths. That's the other thing that I think was interesting we were talking about is that, you know, we create our own mythology. And that's kind of back to that Joseph Campbell thing, you know, which is that, you know, we do actually, we are kind of predestining our mythology by the myths we're, we're building about ourselves as we're building them. So it's a really weird thing. And yeah. how do you talk about yeah. that? But I remember being a kid and having fantasies about what I would want to be doing when I was an older man. Oh, yeah, me too. And here I'm doing the exact same thing. Yeah. I just, how I got here is so different than anything oh, yeah. I could have thought yeah. of. And even how it really is, is totally different than what I would mm-hmm. have thought of. But it is really, if you were to like take a snapshot of what was in my head, I'm totally yeah. living the dream, you know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Me too. That to me is, that's what's fascinating is that we are creating it's a self-propagating thing that we're engaged in. And our thoughts are involved in that as well. Yeah. What we think about, what we meditate on, what we focus on, those are the things that are attracted to us and that we gravitate towards one or the other, whether you want to think that it's coming towards you or you're going right. towards it either way. Same difference. Right, right. Yeah. So it's fascinating. Yeah, I, I do. I remember, and I've talked about this before. I don't know if it was in the documentary or in a podcast, but um, I, yeah, I completely remember imagining myself dressed all like an artist, you know, <laughs> with the smile yeah, yeah. and holding the, the paintbrush. Like I was an artist in a studio painting. That's what I imagined for my life. It's so funny too, because that was in like maybe first grade. I remember thinking that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I went, so, you know, then I was like, got into makeup effects, got a job in that. And then I had a dream to be in a famous band, a big band. And then I was doing a, the band for a while and just such a roundabout weird way that I wound up in the spot that I was dreaming about since <laughs> right. I was in the first grade, you know, it really, right. and it was, it was a, you know, when you're a little kid, I think it's your, your mind is so much more clear that, that you're really able to day, daydream about things and set a, a clear intention more clearly mm-hmm. than I think than you can as an adult. Absolutely. You know, so that's what I should Absolutely. probably, I should probably um, talk to my granddaughters about that. Cause, cause they're at that age where, you know, you're, still clear and you can mm-hmm. kind of dream about what you want to be because I, I really yeah. do feel like that was part of how i got here is that yeah. dreaming you know 
totally because the thing is, is it's it's kind of that rule or the power of three thing it's like thought word action you know if you think it you're more likely to say it and if you're more if you say it you're more likely to do it you know right. and it, and that's a, that's a very basic kind of human way of approaching it but you can also look at that you know what i mean in the world as thought word deed you know mm-hmm. and and that you know the things that we're thinking into manifestation and and also that 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 extends to the struggle which is to say that if you start to have an experience of struggle over and over and over it's hard for that not to predestine this process that is you know ultimately leading you to self-defeat or or, or being self-defeated rather right yeah and and that becomes you know the, the the struggle can become Part of the thing you're constantly creating for yourself as well, sure. you know, because I, I I know a, um, a friend of uh, Fritz, my son, who one of his best friends, his father is like super rich, multimillionaire, and um, he. Uh, I remember one time his ex-wife we were talking to, and he, he she was saying, "Oh yeah, he's had millions before, and he lost he lost it all." And then he got, he started another company and got more millions again. And he just, she said he had this attitude, like it was just not a big deal. And I've met people um, throughout my life like that, like my chiropractor, he was just this guy that would always, money would just come to him. Like he bought a house, he bought a house, fixed it up and then sold it for a shitload of money and then moved into another house. And then in the house he found um, uh, an old chest that was full of all this like valuable coins like thousands tens of thousands of dollars of coins and he just and he would go and he would play uh he ended up moving to palm springs and he would play um you know uh casino games and slot Mm -hmm. machines and and he Mm -hmm. always would make money it it was like he just was like i don't know it's just totally no big (laughs) deal to him and 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 i and i felt like you know, some people have that energy to, to them. And, and so mm-hmm. it's, it's like, I want that energy too. I want to, <laughs> yeah, right. I want to have that. And well, you know, here's the difference right there is in what you're saying, because the thing is, is that if you want it, you don't have it, right. You know? And so it's like that, that, that yeah. grasping, yeah, and if, you know, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're grasping a fish and it's wet, it's going to squeeze mm-hmm. out of your hands, you know, and shoot away because I watched that, that in the casino industry and I worked in the casino industry for so long. And the reality is poor people lose rich people win seriously. Yeah. And it, it's, not even like specific people although of course there is no such thing as rich people they are individuals but what i'm saying is on the whole when people will come in that had a lot of money and they didn't really care if they won or not and they were just on vacation having fun they would win and the people that were there dogging it and chasing it and chasing (laughs) grasping and grasping and grasping and clutching at it it was just outside their fingertips. And of course, they're the ones that need it. But it does say something about the quality of their life that that is probably the way that their life works, too, not just the way that their gambling works, right? right? It's probably, yeah, you know? the, the way they were raised, probably. And, 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 uh, that that well, goes on into your- about that on the last episode and you know and even before we started recording this one it was just that part of your the indoctrination that you experienced was dealing with you know having parents that were making enough right. but maybe not quite enough and that there was that poverty consciousness that was interwoven inevitably but that drives you also to generate money because that's the pressure you need right right yeah that that yeah that's what i was going to say is that um just i growing up uh with the sing as of being raised by a single mother and then having a stepfather ca- came in as an artist, he was in this boomer bust cycle, mostly bust. And it was always, 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 there's not enough money. There's not enough money. And that just was so drilled in my head and they didn't mean to do it. And it's, and I wonder, you know, about with 
I hope I didn't do it to Fritz. <laughs> I'm sure I did do it to Fritz. Actually, his formative years, I was probably working. But at the same time, even back then, it just seemed like there was never enough money. And, and it's just, it's something I have to, you know, fight against, if that's the right word. It's something, or it's something I need to change about my own mental processes is to not always worry that there's not enough, you know, like Lisa's so much more laid back with that. Like it's going to be fine. Don't even worry about it. And and that's really the attitude you have to have. You, do. you have you to do. sort of not give a shit either way. You're like, whatever happens, it's going to be fine. And that's that whole attitude of trust and faith. Yeah, that's that faith thing. Exactly. You know? You know? And, yeah. And, yeah. And belief really, because again, I mean, that's where for, you know, you and I've had this conversation ongoing for a long time, but faith and belief to me, those words are interchangeable. They might yeah, as well be synonyms. Sure. You know what yeah. I mean? Because, you know, what else is there to give you the evidence that it's okay to be so laissez-faire about these gigantic issues. But then you look at these cliche things like from the Hagakur, you know, you uh, Yamamoto Sunitomo, who's writing about, you know, feudal Japan and these samurais. And basically one of the maxims of Lord Nayashagi was, and I'm probably pronouncing that way wrong, but I'm doing my best based on what I remember, uh, was treat uh, treat matters of uh, small importance greatly and matters of great importance right. You know, uh, it lightly, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and, the, and, and that's that one of those maxims that again, it's like, there's the only way to do that is either you learn to do it or you teach yourself to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know any, it's not like all of a sudden you're just inspired and you have this moment where like, Oh, well now I yeah, it's all it. over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least I haven't found it. And if you do tell me, well, that's where, one of the, where it is. yeah. Well, one of the things that that Robert Anton William book, I got you, um, mm-hmm. and he taught reading. Yeah. It, it's great. Right. Yeah. He's, he's definitely along the same lines of the way that I perceive things for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he talks about his work with Timothy Leary and how Timothy Leary's whole point with the, the LSD thing was that you, you can re when you take a psychedelic, if you do it properly, you can rewire your neural pathways because it, you know, that's what an ego death is. That's when you, when you um, get to that state, your, your mind is not working based on your, your neural, your conditioned neural patterns in your brain. Yeah. You get neuroplasticity, right? Neuroplasticity. And um, by, approaching that properly you can kind of reset the the pathways you know mm-hmm. to where to where you, when you get back to regular consciousness you have a new way of believing things you know mm-hmm. and, yeah absolutely so that's but the thing know, is is that here's here's where here's though where of course the timothy leary theories break down and this is what all people have to face is that 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 honeymoon period will last for what I just explained with the word period, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you know, holding on to that. And that's kind of the thing that's so hard. I think about the whole human experience is that you're closer or farther from it. You know, it's like a pendulum swinging, right? right. And sometimes you're, you're able to really do it and, and be in that space where you're able to be like, okay, I'm an, you know, I'm doing things differently and I'm really successful. I'm attracting things to myself and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when you're not there, it's that much harder when you've been there because right, right you yeah. know, you've already been there and now you can't seem to make it work. And you're like, <laughs> I used to know how to do this. Yeah, how, yeah, you know? so and, and the thing is, is that, you know, there's no, you know, again, there's no magic thing. So it's like, you could do the psychedelic experience let's say just because you brought it up and that's a good example and gain some neuroplasticity and and get your perception shifted in such a man and bring it back with you right and right. have changes in your life but the thing is i call it a honeymoon period because it mostly is and eventually you will fall back into right. likely 
yeah. the, your your habitual state of being. Otherwise, and so everyone would just have happens, a great psychedelic experience and it'd be over. Right, right. But how do you then reconcile that? And that gets us back to the topic, which is the struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Because we all come down. You know, everything that what goes up must come down, right? <laughs> so, you know, once you're back down in the shit and you're you're like, okay. But the thing is, there's this beauty in that. And that's why people have written lines like, you know, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose, you know? Or there's nowhere to go but up when you're on right. rock bottom. <laughs> I mean, all these cliches are cliche again for a reason because there is a certain sensation when you're forced to be in that place right. of like, well, I have nothing to lose so i have everything to gain you know and and if only we could do that without having to go to that low you know and and be able to somehow manufacture that in a way where we're able to not go as low to still maintain as high but it's a balancing act i mean that's what we're talking about it's all the equilibrium yeah 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 i think it's uh uh, it's it's inevitable too it's just it's gonna happen there's gonna be highs and lows that's just the way life is and you know if if anything you can try and hold on to that knowing that you had during the highs yep to get to get you through the lows you know yeah, those are your guideposts that's yeah. what i like because they are really right i yeah. mean because you can look to that and remember i did feel really good about right. everything at one point in time and the thing is if you felt that way then well there is no then there's only now right. and so you know the feeling so you can kind of conjure it back up right, you know and yeah. it is something that actually again i think that you know that's a technique and a tool and some of partly what we can provide today a little bit i think within all of this is the realization that there are techniques and tools that are at your disposal to approach some of these problems and i'll give you a case in point earlier you were talking about frustration right mm-hmm. well it's been scientifically proven that the minute that a person becomes frustrated, they move in the, from their thinking processes in the brain from their prefrontal lobe cortex, which is where all the conscious, logical, rational kind of cognition goes on. And they're moving back into their mammalian brain because they get frustrated. So now they're emotional. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you're in an emotional place, they, it, it, you are not able to problem solve anymore. So now that you're emotional, you're not problem solving. So then you're just butting your head up against the wall again. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I do? What do I do? I've done everything. I can't believe it. I'm so fucked. You know, oh, I can't. If I do this, no, that'll never work. You know, (laughs) that's a very, again, it's a mammalian place. We're all mammals, right? Right. You're not so low that you've dropped down into your medulla oblongata and you're chilling with the reptiles, but you're still only one step away and you're certainly not problem solving. So what I find for myself what works for me is that when I start to feel myself getting frustrated, I know that I have to like stop that process. Mm. Somehow I have to get away from that. Even if that's just to take a break and think about something else or engage in a different activity, because as soon as I disengage from that emotional state of being, I start problem solving again. And the reality is, is that there are so many more solutions to the problems that we face than we could ever even utilize. And what's the task required of us is to be aware of those potential solutions. Mm -hmm. Using our prefrontal lobe cortex, which, you know, that's again, that's that stage. So frustration, oh shit, I'm getting stuck. Okay, I'm going to step away from this. I'm going to take a break and then I'm going to think a little bit about it. And then I'll probably realize that there are like five solutions that were right there. And they might seem weird. A lot of my solutions are like, really? That's a solution? (laughs) But then it might work. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the the hard part you mentioned is the the hardest part is uh, stopping yourself and taking that break or whatever. You know, because it's so easy, like basically what I did all day yesterday is just sit and stew in my frustration, you know, because it just, especially for me, because I got, got OCD and, you know, I, I can, I'll think about, I can't stop thinking about things sometimes unless I really make a strong effort to um, cut myself off and stop myself. That's the trick though, is, is just 
you know, recognizing it, that comes from mindfulness, I suppose, recognizing it and, and stopping. Cause once you stop, it's not that big of a deal, but after you've worked yourself up over six hours or whatever, the more you do it, the more it's hard to, to catch yourself. And I also think that um, meditation is really helpful just in general mindfulness in your life. Absolutely. You know? And I've kind of gotten back into that myself, which I think is, is a, a good thing. I've been doing actually doing that middle pillar exercise, you know, the, mid, yeah, the yeah. middle pillar. Yeah, absolutely. I finally, yeah, it's a great yeah, I finally listened to Damien had that Crimson Lotus podcast way back yeah, then. Yeah, I listened to that too when it first came out. And I was like, okay, I got I, I just for, I don't know how many, it's been like a couple of years, maybe, or a year, and I never listened to it. I finally sat down and listened to it, and I'm like, oh, that's easy. I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because all of this, the more I learn about magic, ceremonial magic, Mm-hmm. the more I realized it's all the shit my mom taught me when I was like 10 years <laughs> old. And, it, right, and it was, right. you know, she was coming from this more like new age angle. It's the same stuff though. It's visualizing totally the same energy, visualizing balls of light surrounding your, you know, heart area and different colors. And, you know, right. it's, so it's really easy for me to do. And it's just, you know, once I, I've heard that, I was like, Oh my God, this is the easiest thing in the world, you know? So, but, but uh, doing yeah. it made me feel kind of like, kind of good right away like it's oh i can see this well it should i mean if they're if they're writing about it and you know you'd hope that the practice of it would would actually elicit (laughs) some kind of a result you know usually that stuff takes a while to get good at because you can't concentrate and stuff but i have i have such a a background in meditation i was gonna say yeah you're just straight into meditation yeah Yeah, yeah. i mean that's the thing is is once you have kind of a it's kind of like i spent so much time working on for me medit my own meditation versions and one of those is like shutting down my internal dialogue and i i really it was something i focused so hard on for so long like five and a half years or something that like i can really do it almost on command and and it's not like i'm like oh look at me but it's just it's super helpful it's super helpful for me because when i have enough self-awareness to realize mindfulness as you said that i'm doing that i can actually just within a matter of 30 seconds just stop it and i know for a lot of people that can't do that that's you know that would be an amazing thing for them you know Mm -hmm. and so so again you have a a foothold in in meditation already your own version of it so for you it's kind of a reflex a reflexive thing you know you're able to say oh different structure but same model right Right, right. (laughs) you know yeah so you're able to roll with it I remember too, when I first started meditating, it seemed like this is impossible. And I've heard this from a lot of people too. Like, there's no way I can't do it. I've tried it once. I can't do it. Or I've tried it a couple of times. I can't do it. It's impossible. Every it's impossible. Everybody thinks it's impossible at first. It's like when you go to lift weights, you know, yeah, you can't lift that huge weight, but if you do it a little bit, you're going to build your muscle and you're going to be able to lift the weight eventually. And so, you know, anybody that's on the fence like that, you really, you know, it might take a couple of weeks it might take a hey, couple months time. In. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's actually really easy. It's, you know, the, the most basic level of um, focusing on your breathing for 20 minutes a day. You could even do 10 minutes a day, just do it every day at the same time and do it for 10 minutes if it's hard, you know, and you just close your eyes, focus on your breathing. Anytime you start thinking of something else, go back to your breathing. You know, that's it. That's all there is to it. It's really easy. Yeah. 
It's super easy. And the thing is, is the reason why people think it's impossible and they don't know is because you have to pass a certain threshold. You know what I mean? And whether you do that cumulatively over time and you amass this experience until you're able to have kind of a transcendent experience or whether, you know what I mean? It's something that happens after doing a duration of multiple sits, you know, but the reality is there's a lot of ways to get there. And I think when, you know, in regard to mindfulness and self-awareness, you know, one of the things that I like to put into use for myself is almost kind of like a, you know, third person perspective. So like I kind of try to watch myself and watch how I behave almost as if from an outsider's perspective while I'm behaving. So it's kind of like, you know, what kind of almost like I'm hunting myself, like what are the behaviors that I engage right. in, you know, and why do I engage in them? but not try to stop them, not try to do anything about them, but rather just to be aware of what it is that I'm doing, because what happens with that is you start to come to these conclusions about yourself. Like, for instance, when there starts getting intense energy, if I start to get like, you know, kind of wound up, mm-hmm. I, I get a, I get a rush off of it. I have like a chemical dependency with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I will perpetuate whatever that situation is, even if it's not necessarily a good situation in order to get a charge off of Mm. it. But with the awareness of that and seeing myself operating a little bit with some remove and be like, wow, and just being honest with myself. And again, the dark art thing I think comes into play here because dark art is kind of being honest with ourselves and looking at the things that we're really uncomfortable with, looking at myself and being like, dude, I have kind of like, I'm committed a little bit to being angry right now. You know, like I've actually decided, I've made a decision. I like all almost even a conscious decision right. that I'm just going to go ahead and be angry right yeah. now. And then anything else that happens can be like sticks on the fire and I get more and more angry. And I realize what good is this doing me? I mean, really like me being attached to this right now right. is what's making me unhappy. And so when you reach that, there's kind of a cognitive dissonance where you're like, Whoa, wait, I'm doing something I don't like, but it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah. Weird. And that for me is a meditative process because what it does is it undermines my my process in in the midst of it happening. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to be like that. Why am I acting like that's well, not fun? And then I just stop doing it. Right. And really, you just stop doing yeah, it immediately. Dis- disengage. A perfect example of that that everyone can relate to is getting into political discussions on Facebook or social media. It's like, you know, you, you want to, you know, you get into this, you get so pissed that someone said something and you want to make them feel as pissed as you are. So you say something that you, you know, or you want to show that you're right. And you end up just feeling like shit. You'll have these long exchanges. You feel like crap. It just pisses you off. But, but you are getting something out of it. Like, oh, every time you get get him back, oh, that's he's gonna see that and he's gonna be so mad. And, and, it's, and it's like that's and then you just gotta go, wait a minute, this is and once you stop yourself, and I've yep. done this, I, I finally you know, finally I I've, of course I'm a victim like and to this way of thinking like anybody, but once I found that if I stop myself and realize how stupid it is, and I just stop, it's like, ah, oh, you just take yourself out of the situation. Yeah, and I you don't have so to be doing it yeah. immediately. You're <laughs> yeah. like, Oh my god, what was I even yeah, doing? Once you get past energy. Once you get past that ego thing of wanting to be right or wanting to feel like you got the upper hand, it's like mm-hmm. it is, it's a total relief. It's like, oh, that was so stupid. You know, (laughs) but I mean, I guess that, you know, kind of the cool thing about all of that is that I've found along the way that for myself, 
a lot of the meditative techniques that work for me aren't necessarily related to the the traditional forms of well, that's meditation. Just, yeah, that's just one but the form beauty of this sitting, is gets back to the word yeah. you use, which is mindfulness, which mm-hmm. is to say that whether you're being mindful of your biorhythms, for instance, your breathing and your heart rate, or whether you're being mindful of your behavior, or whether you're being mindful of the events and the surroundings in your present tense moment, the point is mindfulness. Right. And the more mindful you are of the present moment, the more likely you are to benefit from that sensation of not feeling bound up by all of the little ego tendencies that are going to make you feel scared, worried, anxious, frustrated, yeah. you know. And I, I think the 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 meditation is just one of many simple ways to get to the mindfulness. It's it's you know, the that's top, what you're the, painting. Is. That's what painting is right, for you. I know totally, it's Yeah, absolutely. And um you know, the, the when I talk meditation and I say oh the most simple way of meditating, that is one form of meditation. That's just one right. form that oh now the dogs are in here. Um, and it is simple and it is easy to yeah, grasp. And, yeah. I, and that's why it's common and, and it, it's a good one. And it's a me- it's the, a means to an end. You're just trying to facilitate mindfulness and so okay. that that could be you know painting riding your bike exercising whatever There's exercise a million- for me labor is a huge one yeah when yeah. i start working hard that i cannot think about anything else with sweat is pouring yeah. and i'm just like breathing heavy there's nothing else i will think about yeah. you know and so i can, if i could do that for two hours and then when you're done you're all spent because you right. got you also got your chemicals you got the adrenaline and the endorphins you know what i mean right. and you probably got you know some some serotonin and some oxy Tosin in there too, because at the end you're feeling pretty like accomplished. You know, get right. that love feeling. So it's like, yeah, for me, I, I definitely think labor fits in there. Yeah, I mean, it could be laying down, it could be sitting down, it could be meditating. There's so many things, but I guess the point is, is, is that you know the the goal of that is like you're saying the mindfulness, and because um, the problem really is not recognizing it and not being able to yeah. catch it when it happens. Yep. You know, because once yep. you don't catch it, you're just like you're you're gone. So you have to right because you're back in that emotional space, like right. I said earlier. So Chet's right. You know that mindfulness and that you know however much awareness we can have will lead to our ultimate consciousness. Because then we're not go- then we're able to make a decision and say, oh, I'm not going to be led by the leash of my emotions into this place where I'm going to basically be totally ineffectual. Rather, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, hey, I, I'm going to remove myself from this. I'm aware that it's going on. I'm not comfortable with it, and then I'm in a space where I can actually make good decisions. Right. You know. Now, however, those turn out it's going to be the record the record is on skip you know because it's going to happen all over again and all over again and you know what i mean because then i'm going to face another problem and then i'm going to get frustrated and then i'm going to potentially go into an emotional so again it's hard not to get frustrated with that cyclical process but this is obviously not case specific to the art life and the art struggle but it's case specific to us as homo sapiens yeah (laughs) yeah i found too that um when i'm not getting enough sleep I'm a lot oh, yeah. more susceptible to that kind of thinking. It really poor diet, poor yeah, diet, yeah. too much alcohol. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, actually, I do you know, Chet, I've cut my tobacco back by more than half. I'm actually almost down to like two thirds less what I was smoking. Very good. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Huh? Speaking of overindulging. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just sleep is the big one for me. If I don't get enough rest, I'm screwed. I'm really yep fucks with the way I think and my emotions. It's really bad, but 
Well, me too, because sleep and dream for me is huge. So like for me, it's not so much if I don't get the sleep, it's if I don't get the dreams. Mm. So like if I sleep and I don't dream, that messes with me. Like I have mm. a really hard time. I mean, everyone's dreaming, but if I'm, if, cause I'm such a consummate dreamer, at least in so far as I really pursue dreaming as, and, and it's always been kind of, I guess, intrinsically a part of my experience right. of interfacing with the world. Um, you know, if I don't can't, if I'm not remembering my dreams, it messes me up, you know, and the only way I can remember my dreams is if I'm in a good space when I'm sleeping, because if I'm all stressed out about daily stuff, I'm going to be sleeping lightly. I'm not right. going to be able to even go to a place where I can have constructive dreaming. And for me, constructive dreaming is a huge part of my process, you right. know, yeah. how, I, how I orient myself with the world. You know, I think um, another as, as far as the the kind of art life frustration, I'm just thinking about uh, what I did the other day is. <clears throat> If you're in that space where you're frustrating, you're, you know, because I, I guess it, it this applies to the art art life because I think life as an artist is probably has more stressors in it than just about any other career path. That may be not true. That that may not be true, but I think it's, it's up there. It, yeah, it's, it's up, up there it's with like writers. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As far you know, because it's just there's not this huge market. It's not really just easy to make a buck, and then it's there's a lot of there's there's a lot involved in, in you have to produce it yourself and you have to qu you're questioning whether it's good and valid and you're doing a good job and you have to edit it yourself and, and it, you have to then sell it yourself and you and, do you think know. it's good and then nobody does nobody does, else thinks exactly. it's good and you have but, to deal with how that feels yeah so there's a there's a lot but um you know one thing i do i i, I did kind of to get myself out of this funk yesterday was um set everything aside that i was worrying about I stopped myself and I just went to my go-to thing, which is to draw or paint for fun, you know, and that's kind of my, my go-to meditative thing that just instantly uh, it's hard because sometimes you don't feel inspired to do it. But once I just started sketching, I just started sketching because there's, you know, there is, there's like this commission thing that I was going to work on. I'm like, I'm not even going to, I don't have a strong idea for it. So I'm just going to start sketching and doodling and that really took me out of that moment where I could stop worrying about everything and, you know, mm -hmm. my career choices and am I doing my, you know, cause that's what a lot of it is for me is, am I doing, am I doing this the best way I could? Should I, you know, I should have started when I was 20. If I started when I was 20 <laughs> instead of 33, I'd be fucking like all the stuff where like, basically it's totally a circular argument because you'll never be able to change what I already have. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sitting there worrying about all the stuff that you, you know, yeah, you, you had, there's, yeah, it's, and all it's, it's really doing stupid. is making you completely ineffective in the present moment. Right, right, That's basically yeah. all it's working to do. It's like, <laughs> well, you might have fucked everything up then, and now I'm going to help you to fuck everything up now too. Right. <laughs> so, God, I, gotta I, love this ego. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, cleaned my studio today, which is like such a huge thing because it's weird how yeah. they, you know, I don't know that it, it might be the clutter. Feng shui, bro. Feng shui. Yeah, but I, it's like I wonder, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Is is my studio getting messy and cluttered because my mind is becoming, you know, more focused on bullshit, or is it 
the other way around? Is it is it like the clutter creating the 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 mental I'll tell you this stress? from someone. I'm very much like you. When I was a kid, I had a room just like yours. And if I had my druthers, if I would lived in a different circumstance, my studio would look because every house I ever lived in, I had my own room and looked just like your room. <laughs> so coming from someone who is like you, right, right? I live with a very fastidious person, and I honor that and I respect that. So I tow that line, and that's great. That you know that's part of the the deal. And she tows the line for me in other ways. Right. So it's beautiful. But the point that I'm making is is living in an environment that is cleaner and things are in put in order and actually feng shui is taken into account because she does that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and that's important to her to priority it actually really does make a difference coming from someone who is like you who would if i had my ways there would be things everywhere it would right. be all covered with stuff but not living in that and having not lived that way for god 15 years now it really does actually in, it encourage my quality of yeah, thought and I'm my sure. sensation I'm of sure feeling would, organized yeah. and and I never would have thought of that because I'm I prefer to have things lots, cluttered, filled, covered. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And here I am looking at like white plaster diamond finish walls and I'm like, Yeah, that's pretty open. I mean, <laughs> we used to give me a piece of paper when I was a kid and I would fill it. I didn't want any white space left right. over. And that's how I worked. I was like, I want to fill it, fill yeah. it, fill it. So I I, can't, I do think that placement of objects and also and here's something that just to speak to the feng shui thing for instance just I, I'll give you I want to I want to say one I thing agree right? with you I agree with you totally in regard to your space though <clears throat> seriously if you're in your room and you have an area that just feels weird just hang a crystal there like even even a glass it doesn't even matter if it's quartz it could just be like chiseled glass doesn't even matter but some kind of a crystal by a red like a uh, ribbon, a string. Uh-huh. And you can do that anywhere in a house where you feel like just there's a weird vibe or it's it feels like it's overhanging you or you just feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. or whatever, cold spots, warm spots. Point is, is that's one way to actually temporarily, unless you're going to move a bunch of stuff around, it does actually help with the flow of the energy and it really will alleviate. Like for instance, I have back here behind my computer, I'm looking into a corner here, right? Mm-hmm. So the room you see is open behind me, but I'm looking into a corner. I have a convex mirror up there that's like a fisheye. Yeah, and yeah. what it does is when I look at it, it shows me what's behind me and it blows it out. So it makes it, it, it actually rounds out. And when it's not there, because it's not there right now, actually, it feels weird. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm staring in it, and I feel like the the chi, the lines coming out of the corner, like hitting me kind of in the face. Right. It's weird, and I've I've become really accustomed to it. Even like cupboard doors in the kitchen, like if a cupboard door is open and I'm standing near it, even though I know I'm not going to hit my head on it, I can feel that corner from like 18 inches away, like shooting a line through my skull. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting, you know, that there is a. I've found for myself through experience, there is a, a certain amount of legitimacy to an organized environment. Uh, I I mean, I immediately an organized mind. Yeah, I I. I immediately feel better when when things are when my room's organized but my point is that you know the organize the disorganization in the first place may be a result of the disorganized mind as well you know that's what gets it there and and it's because it's it's, I think it's I, different I, for everybody yeah though. i just feel like it, it's it's that's the first thing to go because i'm just constantly on the hustle <laughs> and it's like that's I'm the first you. thing to go man it's like I've got, you know, all this shit to do. I'm with you. You know, I'm, I just can't deal with doing that. I just can't do it. I can't, I, I can't, I mean, I suppose I could, I could, if I really had to, I suppose, but man, it seems impossible. Like it feels I know what you genetic, mean. you know, it's, and Lisa's like super clean and organized too. So it's like, she just, 
gave up on me you know it's more of like <laughs> you know it's it's just the way but again, it's way like you know I'm, i know people who the reason that their environment is so clean and organized is because they have disorganized thinking so like the reason that they keep things so fastidious on the outside is because they're feeling disorganized on the inside right. whereas some people feel disorganized in the inside and then their reality falls in suit so i think again it's idiosyncratic it's certainly yeah, different yeah. for each you know for each person but i just know that you and i are i've seen pictures and of what you're world was like as a kid and i've seen what your world is like as an adult and if i was left to my own devices it would be the same i don't know what that impact would be though you know? <laughs> See, the, office, oh, the office is next that's going to be the one thing i that actually i had uh, you always feel better when you do it that's the thing yeah, and that's what yeah, I, i've known yeah. you long enough now to watch you that every single time you clean up your your studio uh, you're like oh, i just feel so much better and <laughs> yeah, i feel like i, feel I can inspired. do things yeah, and this and yeah. that you know the thing is is that it's a process i think of like the hard part is the habit the easy part is knowing okay well if it gets all fucked up it has an adverse effect on me right, right. and if i clean it it has a positive effect on me the hard part is saying okay well i'm going to clean it then every other day right. consistently and it'll never get to that right, stage right, and right. i'll be able to have that gratification yeah, going yeah, on yeah. creating new habits is hard oh, yeah. especially when you're in the art life because there's no one there telling you you need to go to work right. at this time yeah. and that means you need to eat at this time and have a shower that's at this a, time yeah, that's the thing and then you get to relax on these days no right. one tells us to relax we have to tell ourselves to relax yeah, that's, that's a part thing about of the art story. yeah i mean i remember shop the shops i worked at that had cleanup time 15 minutes at the end of the day and you know Everything stayed clean because I had to, because I was getting paid for it, you know? So I, right. so it's probably just an excuse I use, but it's just, it's really difficult for me. It's really, I've been like that since I was a kid and no one could control, control that part of me, especially I use it. I probably use it as an excuse really now because I, I'm putting out so much, I'm working so hard, putting out so much product and so much artwork that that I that I probably use that as an excuse to to not stay organized and clean, you know, in my studio. No, I mean I I get what you're saying logistically. The reality is is that you know when you are engaged in production on the level that you're engaged in it, it is it's like the first thing to go. Process, yeah, it's the, and it's you know? the first and so, thing to go. And you know that you're going to clean it, and then ten minutes later it's going to look like it was. So it's easy <laughs> then to just be like, well, fuck it, I'll just let it build up for three months right. and then it, deal with it. It's, you know? it's yeah, it's more like it just happens, and then it gets to a point where I can't deal with it anymore, and then that stressor push, pushes me. The difference between me and a hoarder is that there is a point there's a seriously there's a point that i can't that i can't deal with it anymore whereas hoarders get to a point where they just they have dead animals underneath boxes and corners and, <laughs> and they don't know it and they can and they can they they i think they get over overwhelmed and they can't for whatever reason they they can't they don't have that stopping point where i have to you know i'll get to a yeah, point yeah. i'm like i have well, to it's, do this. and that's obviously a very real mental disorder that mm -hmm. people suffer from and i i only jest just out of fun but it really is a serious thing and it's i've actually known people like that and it's really it, it, I, my heart goes out to them honestly because yeah. what a horrible thing you know i mean really to endure something like that oh my god you know, yeah. Where you basically can't even walk around your house or live in your house, you know, right. and you can't really stop yourself from do, getting right. more stuff. Yeah, that, that's terrifying. It's a compulsive thing. You know, that's really rough. So anyway, you know, jesting just for the fun of it, but no no in <laughs> negative intentment. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even kidding, man. I'm right on the edge. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen your reality a lot of times. I don't think that you're that you're on the edge of that. Yeah. Well, it's just like being on the autism spectrum. We talked about. It's like yeah, it's there's true. you know there's that range. That line yeah, it is a spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> the hoarder spectrum. 
Well, we're yeah. at what we're at like fifty-seven minutes here. So uh, is I think this has been an interesting episode. I mean, again, what Chad and I kind of joked at the beginning of this before we started recording about how the last episode was kind of fun because we didn't – I mean, not that we ever have a script, but we always have pretty solid, tight ideas about what we're going to talk about. And last time it felt like it just kind of – we kind of improved and some things popped up organically and comfortably, and then we were able to just kind of jive about them. And it just felt good, and, I, and people seemed to respond well to it. So it's fun that we've now had another episode that I feel like really was more like that in general. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. you know, it, it was more just kind of like, yeah, let's talk about what's real for us. Yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely beings. <laughs> it's been on my mind lately, and I know it's been on your mind lately. So, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. been it's been our experience lately. So it's good to. Well, good. you know, here's the one thing I'll say at the end of all of it is that I am by no means am I bored. I mean, seriously, <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm always the silver lining guy. I'll always be the silver lining guy. You know, I may be quaking in my boots half the time, but it is exciting as hell, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not knowing is like the thing, right? I mean, you know, that's, that's the big thing. And, and if you can find a way to kind of dance with not knowing, but not go too far, right, <laughs> then, yeah. you know, it'd be really fun and it could be really exciting. But, you know, there's, it's a hard, again, we talk about fine lines. It's a, a fine line between when you're scared and when you're excited, when you're having fun. You right, know? Yeah. I know you even had that as a kid, grandpa with the mask and the lights <laughs> off chased around the house. Where does that line exist between, oh my God, this is a little bit terrifying and oh, this is really a lot of fun. Yeah, you know? yeah right. So, yeah, there's uh, no lack of excitement in my life these days, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a, yeah, and it's a balancing act. Everyone's got to find their own balance. So yep. I don't know. Hopefully, well, hopefully there were some helpful tips. I felt like I got clarified a few things in my mind, really just talking about it. Well, good. You I know. mean, that's the whole point of talking, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really. And that's why people want to listen, hopefully, because it helps them to clarify their own ideas. I mean, you know, we don't expect anybody to adopt anything, but yeah. obviously if they're listening and that's why I like to listen to things, because it helps me to think about the things I'm thinking about. <laughs> you know, right, we're all yeah. centered in that way. <laughs> yeah, things you're interested in. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We always appreciate it. It looks like that, you know, we're getting more and more listens, which is super exciting and people seem to be talking about it more. And, you know, that's, that's always fun, but don't forget to share us on Facebook and on social media, whatever platforms you're using, Instagram, Twitter, yes. and also you can rate and review us on iTunes. And that's kind of the premium platform for rating and reviewing. So even if you're not listening to us on iTunes, if you can take some time and you have some time to go over there and rate and review us, it'll really help our visibility because the more visibility we have, the more people listen, the bigger this will entire thing can get yeah and thanks for the share for those of you who have been sharing i've noticed that people have been sharing a lot more on facebook and stuff which mm -hmm. is really cool um, yeah, so thank yeah, you. thanks thanks for doing that thanks for listening and um what's when's this gonna air what day is it it's gonna <laughs> air two days after christmas okay and so today is like the friday before christmas because we just wanted to get her ready for you guys so we wouldn't miss miss right, any days right. so uh have have a good christmas if you celebrate that or whatever your holiday is uh enjoy it and enjoy your time off if you have time off and like that like that like this and like that like and that okay Okay, we're done. All right. <laughs> See we'll catch you guys next Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye. bye.